Welcome to Bodcast, the business of dentistry podcast, brought to you by Practice Plan. Bodcast delivers the best business advice, real life stories, and practical hints and tips to make your practice a more profitable and sustainable business. And now, here's your host. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's podcast. Uh, I'm Zoe Close, Head of Sales from Practice Plan, and today I've got Andy Acton here from Frank Taylor and Associates. Hi, Andy. Hi, Zoe. How are you? Thank you for having me on. Oh, no, it's a pleasure. So today um, we're talking about squats. Yes. Now, this used to be something that I used to speak about, oh, loads back in 2006 when the Mm. UDA contract came in and it was really popular. Um, But we are seeing a bit of a surge um, in this uh, with Mm. our clients and we are implementing plan within these practices. Um, So, I'm going to ask you a sort of series of questions and hopefully be a great conversation for us to listen to if people are sort of thinking of this route. But, you know, I often get asked is what is the main difference of setting up a squat versus buying an existing practice and pros and cons? Sure. So if you buy an existing practice, you you buy, you pay goodwill for that practice. And in essence, what you're paying for is the hard work that somebody's already put into that site. So they've found the location, they've created the brand, they've done the um, the advertising, the marketing to generate the patients. Patients come to that practice, they purchase their dentistry. So you have a fee income, a patient base. It's a, it's a fully worked up business. And for that, mm-hmm. you pay goodwill because it's established. Mm-hmm. A squat is the step before that. So effectively, there is no dental practice at all. You need to find a location. You need to develop your strategy in terms of pricing, where you're going to be, what you're going to offer, find your team, open the doors, treat the patients, and then you start earning money. So the significant difference is one is established and you're taking over what somebody's already done. And the other route of a squat is is you're starting from from having nothing and a business plan and taking it forward so arguably the squat route is is more difficult but for the people who do it they also say it's incredibly rewarding as well yeah i suppose there's um, quite a lot to think about then obviously that change of use actually is that are they going to be allowed to use it for dental surgery so i bet that's quite a bit of a conundrum if it's not already been a commercial property um but so, so success rates, I mean, as I said, we're talking about this more now, um, mm. seems to be post-COVID. Um, you, is there a particular reason why we're experiencing that, in your view? I think partly it's due to um, goodwill values being very high. So the, the price to purchase a dental practice is very high. And if you buy an established practice, there's always going to be compromise because it's never going to be perfect. You might have a a shopping list of seven or eight things that you want. You want a particular location, a number of surgeries. You you might ideally like a freehold. You'd like possibly some parking for yourself and your team. And you have this shopping list of what you want. And quite often it gets frustrating because you can't find your ideal practice. So the solution to that for some would be to set a practice up yourself as opposed to buying an established practice. And also I think that there's there's an emergence of, of certain associates who are doing incredibly well marketing themselves online and generating patients that come to them as individuals. And some of those associates are effectively then looking and saying, well, if I can generate patients myself, whilst it it is a squat and I need to generate more patients to make the practice sustainable, they have a little bit of a start in that they're generating new patient inquiries through social media platforms. So when they open their doors, they can divert those patients to to their new location. All I'd say on that is just check your restrictive covenants in the practice you work in just to make sure you don't trip yourself up and you're falling foul of anything that you've signed into. Yeah, absolutely. So we talked about goodwill there, Andy, and obviously there's 
lots of different information about um, talking about the uh, impact on um, prices of practices and the goodwill. What what so is that sort of the main driver for a squat? Do you think it's because goodwill's really high, or it, it's perceived as that? What what do you feel? I, th I think it is. I think for lots of people, um, you know, goodwill has has ridden, risen um, over the years, and it, it's at an all time high. And goodwill can only do three things: it goes up, stays the same, goes down. I don't think it's going to be going up much further at the moment, um, just because of the macroeconomics and, and where goodwill values are at. But it will probably stay at this point for some time to come. Uh, I don't see it necessarily going down. So anyone who's looking to buy, given that you need to put in about 10 to 15 percent of the purchase price of the practice and the average mm -hmm. practice in the UK at the moment yeah. is about 80,000 pounds. So wow. you're looking at needing to put in something like 120,000 pounds as a contribution to buy that practice. If you set up a squat practice, um, typically, I mean, it can cost whatever you want, but typically it's going to be in the region of, sort of 250 to 300,000 pounds to set a practice up. So the money you have available is a significant contribution towards getting that squat practice set up by also using some some asset finance for the equipment in the practice and some bank support. It becomes an affordable option, but yeah. it, it's, it's, it's not without risk. It's not for the faint hearted to set a squat practice yeah. up. I was going to say, actually, is it is it harder to get finance for that? Is there sort of bigger restrictions? Yeah. It's a harder route. It is. It is. I mean, an established dental practice, a bank would typically lend you somewhere between 80 and 90 percent of the of the purchase price. Mm -hmm. Where it's a squat, um, it's hard to get support any more than about 50 percent. And the reason for that being is that an established dental practice has probably a minimum of three years financial accounts to show the performance of that practice it's got a an inbuilt profitability so from day one you're generating fees you're generating profit you can cover your costs there'll be some money left for the dentist to pay themselves and there will be enough to cover the bank loan so that that's yeah. a really nice setup if you're starting with a squat effectively what you're presenting to the bank is your cv and a business plan and you're saying yeah. trust me because I've got this dental experience and I might have some business experience. Here's my business plan and I'm going to make it work. So from a bank's point of view, it's a more risky venture because there's much heavier investment in the dentists and their skills to develop the business from, from a squat, as opposed to take over an established practice where all things being equal, if you did the same as the previous owner, you'll probably get similar results. Right. OK, so ju just going back to the goodwill um question around practices what, what they're worth and what their sort of returns are at the moment mm. is there any difference as in nhs or private <clears> or <throat> are mixed practices still fetching sort of stronger goodwill values or what's the sort of feel on that so interestingly there's still a strong demand for nhs practices which given all that's been said about mm -hmm. the nhs yeah. and you know uda rates and dentists leaving the nhs there's still a strong demand for nhs practices but through covid we've seen a flip so whereas independent private fees, so kind of traditional pay-as-you-go, um, was was ranked at a slightly higher level than plan-based income. We've seen that twist, and now plan-based income is, is more desirable and more popular. And the reason for that being is through COVID, where practices needed to shut, those dates, 23rd of March yeah. to the 8th of June, that horrible window when no one was well. working. <laughs> we all do. And those dates are etched in our memories forever. Absolutely. But during that window, if you were pure private practice, you had zero income. Whereas if you had plan-based income, very, very few patients cancelled their direct debit. So that came in. And that sparked a thought in lots of practice owners' minds of 
from a cash flow point of view, it does even out cash flow quite nicely. And you could argue in some ways it behaves a little bit like an NHS contract in that you get that monthly money coming through month on month. So from a goodwill perspective, plan-based income now ranks slightly above private practices. But also just going back to your squat point, from a squat point of view, if you're able to recruit patients onto a plan early on, actually it does mean that month by month your cash flow builds and it starts to cover your costs at a quicker rate than yeah. just pay as you go because in the early days you don't know what the the needs of your patients are going to be you may have a good month you may have a fallow month whereas if you have recurring income and obviously that doesn't work on the nhs because there's no new contracts but if you can have it on a plan-based income actually i think from a cash flow point of view it gives your business a, a more robust structure in the early days yeah. You're absolutely bang on because we've got practices that have, um, are the new squats that are leading with plan only because mm. um, they just want that guaranteed income straight away. Or we've got people that have had squats set up, you know, five, six, seven, eight plus years ago that have always been fee per item that are yeah. now actually moving to that that plan base because it's that guaranteed income, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, Andy, just thinking about anyone that's thinking, OK, so, you know, buying an existing practice is just not. Uh, it's not for me whether it's that's financially or whether it's just not the, the route they want to take if they really firmly want to go down the squat route what's any advice that you'd give dentists um, at the moment so if it's something that you have a, a longer term ambition to do what i would say is that split out your cpd into two areas don't just focus on focus on clinical cbd build a, a business cpd program build a, a cv that has business skills in there so if you could um, deputize your principal when they're on holiday and look after the team if you could get involved in the the marketing side of things in the practice try and get involved in the business side of things because that's an area that one dentists haven't been trained for they spend five years at dental school learning clinical dentistry so anything you can do to start to build your broader skill set before you embark on a squat would be a good thing to do okay. also talk to other people that have been through it the dental community is friendly. They are a cracking bunch of people. Every market's got its, its, its peculiar people. But on the whole, dentistry is an amazing bunch of people. People who have been through this before. There are great Facebook groups. Uh, Midi Ojo has a great startup Facebook group specifically around this area. So talk to people who've done it before and then start to build your business plan. Even if you don't have a plan, a timed plan, start to create a business plan. Jump on Google, just get an outline plan. Think about where you want it to be, what services you're going to offer, what are your opening hours, and start yeah. to visualise what you think that practice is going to be. And then when the time's right, you can then start to fill in some of the gaps and start to produce your financial plan. If you're already in the process and you have it work and you know, you're going to push the button soon, the most important thing is your location. Most things in a dental practice you can change, but you can't change your location easily. That's a massive disruption to a business. So what I say is absolutely do not compromise on location because you have to get that right. And then everything else will start to fall, fall down from that. And then the last point I'd say is make sure you start your marketing about six months before you open your doors to see your first patient. Because unless you're in acute pain, lots of people will be prepared to wait for you to open your doors and come and see you. Whereas if you start your marketing early in yeah. those first few weeks, you'll have a database and you'll have prospective patients you can engage with as opposed to leaving it too late, opening the doors. Because as soon as you open the doors, in fact, before you open your doors, you're going to be burning cost. So anything yeah. you can do to make sure that patients are uh, engaging with you before you open is a good thing. Yeah. 
Thanks, Andy. That's great. I mean, we we always say to um, anyone that's interested in plan and they say I'm buying a squat, but it's not going to open for the next four or five months. We, you know, we want to get into conversation with you now because yeah. at that point <clears throat> around the marketing, you know, what's your business going to look like? What do you need to tell your yeah. potential uh, patient? So absolutely. I think early doors, because there's quite a bit of homework to do by the sounds of it. So uh, we can't. Yeah, and, that. <laughs> and, and I think I think, like I say, lots of people during COVID, I spoke to lots of people who were thinking about doing a squat and I, I had a similar conversation with them and I sent them a, a link to a cash flow forecast and I suggested they jump on Google and get a business plan I heard back from very few of them because the idea of doing it is quite exciting there's lots yeah. of things in life that sound good but when you actually get into the nitty-gritty of what's involved it does take a particular person to go through the process and do that it's like I say it's not for the faint-hearted however no. it's it's an incredibly rewarding thing when it's when it's done because the big difference is you get to deliver your vision. Whereas yeah. if you buy a practice, it was effectively somebody else's vision. If it's Absolutely. a squat, it's completely what, what you want it to be. Absolutely. Blank canvas. It, it definitely appeals to not everybody, yeah. but definitely some. So, yeah, blank piece of paper would be lovely for lots of things in life, wouldn't it? Yes, it um, would. Absolutely. Andy, you've been brilliant. Thank you so much. No, you're um, no and uh, thank you for agreeing to do this with us. But uh, thank you very much. I'll let you go. Lovely. Cheers. Mate. Good to meet you. Cheers. Thank you. Ta-da.